Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. On today's California Report magazine, California is going gray. Within a decade, one in five of the state's residents will be a senior. That's a higher percentage than Florida, a state known for its retirees. We're going to meet six California seniors on our show today whose stories point the way ahead for all of us here in the Golden State. From a longtime car salesman in Fresno, starting over as an undergrad in college. I didn't finish college. I'm the only one in my family that didn't. And it really bothered me for a long time. To a couple in the rural Sierra Nevada foothills, trying to figure out how to retire and still save the family farm. And a retired chef who keeps on cooking for his community. To be around each other and to be human to each other. And that's why you enjoy the life. Plus a bold grandma who's got places to go. Don't make her late. You need to get over a lane to the right. If I know my way, I do backseat drive a little bit. (laughs) We're calling these stories Graying California, part of a statewide media collaboration looking at the state of the California dream. I'm Sasha Coca, and this is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. We're going to start our show today with the story of a senior who is starting over at college. Around the state, there are 134,000 public college students over the age of 50. KQED's Vanessa Rancaño takes us to Fresno to meet a senior who's trying to finish his undergrad degree nearly four decades after starting college. In 1974, Wade Hedrick was 20 years old, and he just started school at Fresno State. It only cost around $150 a year back then, and Wade's parents covered it. But he was more interested in fraternity life than his business major. I was totally unmotivated. I didn't enjoy what I was taking. I just took it because my dad said it was a good major. I hated it. Wade wanted to get to work and start making money. I I always thought I was going to end up selling something. And then someone said, you should sell cars. You'd be really good at it. So when Wade got a job at a Chevrolet dealership just a couple blocks from campus, it was a matter of weeks before he dropped out of school. Wade Hendrick in the showroom, customer waiting. 42 years later, Wade still works at that dealership. The warranty is 336 bumper to bumper. He's sold some 4,000 cars over the years and has a big diamond-studded ring from General Motors to prove it. So you're all set. The keys are in it. He says dropping out didn't hurt his career. He owned a house and a car by the time he was 24. He married his college girlfriend, had kids, watched them grow up and become successful. But something always bugged him. See, my brother graduated, my wife did, two of my kids have, and like I didn't. 
I didn't finish college. I'm the only one of my family that didn't. And it really bothered me for a long time. He dreaded having to fill out forms that asked about his level of education. So at 66 years old, Wade is back at Fresno State. That's the student union. It was here when I was here before. Here's the bookstore. It's hardly costing him anything, thanks to a special California State University program few people have ever heard of. It gives Californians 60 and over a chance to go to some CSUs and get a degree without paying tuition or most other fees. Wade doesn't get to sign up for classes until regular students have, but he only pays $7 a semester. This time around, he's taking school seriously. I'm not a little kid anymore. He's majoring in communications, and he's learning about all kinds of stuff. I wrote a paper on Asians um, in Hollywood. Now they're represented unfavorably. He watched Birth of a Nation and learned about GMOs. Holland was very anti-Semitic. I would have never thought that. He's seen three different versions of Jesus Christ Superstar. Learned about how global warming is not a hoax. I've just, my eyes have been opened up. People that don't look like me, dress like me, doesn't mean they're not good. I've just, my whole attitude about stuff's changed. I thought you went to college to get a better job. You go to college to become a better person. I didn't get the personal growth part. On campus, Wade gets mistaken for a professor. He jokes he could be most students' grandfather. It was scary to be back at first, but he's embraced student life. He's not doing this because he wants another career. I will be self-satisfied that I finished and stuck it out and accomplished it and I'll die a smart guy. He's planning a killer graduation party built around the diploma he expects to get in 2020. And I'm going to have my degree on the table. It's going to be like a shrine. (laughs) He already knows where he's going to hang it. For the California Report, I'm Vanessa Rancaño in Fresno. As more and more Californians retire, there's a growing pool of people with time on their hands. Community organizations could put them to work, but seniors in California have a relatively low volunteer rate. We're going to meet a 77-year-old San Francisco man now who's found a way to give back. As KQED's Farida Javala Romero tells us, he forgets about his arthritis and his cane when he's doing what he loves best, cooking for his community. In his small kitchen, Imam Saber holds a butcher knife and trims one of the 30 New York steaks he's laid out on a cutting board. All my work is for uh, charity. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't uh, charge anything. And I pay every penny in my own money. That's his $660 Social Security check and money his wife, Hawaida, earns from running a daycare out of their apartment in San Francisco. In the kitchen, next to the living room where the kids are, Imam's got two pans on the stove. He says the oil has to be smoking hot before putting the meat on. It seals the flavor. But if you put the the steak in in a pan and it's not hot, all the juice come down and you lose everything. Imam worked for decades as a chef at fancy hotels and a French restaurant. Even now that he's retired and has arthritis, he loves to cook. Why, why do you like it? Because uh, I like to eat good. <laughs> Growing up in Cairo, Egypt, he was one of 19 kids. He remembers watching his mother cook big meals with neighbors to share. He says in those days, men weren't allowed in the kitchen. No men in the kitchen. Only the ladies. But I, I only want to break the rule because from seven years old, I start talking. I love cooking. 
and I couldn't, I couldn't uh, stop resisting that. Imam came to San Francisco in 1969. He's lived in the same flat ever since, recreating that bustling family feel from his childhood. For him, community is number one. God created us to be around each other and to be human to each other. And that's why you enjoy the life. For decades, Imam has cooked for people at mosques, schools, and nonprofits. He's the guy that volunteers to bring food for Ramadan, a baby shower, or the Christmas party at St. Anthony's, an organization that feeds the homeless. What, I, what sticks with me the most when I think about Imam is um, his generosity and his, his joyful spirit. Lydia Branston works at St. Anthony's. She says for years, Imam made a delicious Middle Eastern banquet of chicken, rice with almonds, and a polenta dessert with rose water and honey. And he brings to his cooking and his meals this, this love of community and this, um, this sense of that through sharing a meal with a, another human being that you build relationship. And it's those relationships that keep us together in the end. Enough. Back at Imam's flat, dinner is finally ready. He lays the cooked steaks on beds of rice. Ah, I'm always busy. Fifty years here, I'm in busy for stuff. He covers the trays with foil and gets ready to deliver them. That's it. How we go? He says goodbye to the kids in the living room, who just woke up from their nap. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. A man of purpose, on his way to feed the people. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero in San Francisco. Many California seniors are concentrated in suburbs and rural areas where driving a car is pretty much the only way to get around. So what happens when older adults can no longer get behind the wheel, especially when they're part of a generation that's expected to be more active and independent? Megan McCarty Carino brings us this profile of a senior from Los Angeles. 77-year-old Regina Jones might be a retired grandma, but it's not like she's spending her days knitting in a rocking chair. I've been busy every day. Neighborhood association, I stay busy in that, and a lot of friends, a huge family. She's hip with the times. She even has a smart speaker. What do you use it for? Wait a minute, you're the youngster. And she's working on a memoir about her life in the music industry. At the beginning of my career, I published a black entertainment newspaper called Soul from 1966 to 1982. It's the world's most soulful family, the Jackson Five, and America's most soulful paper, the KGFJ Soul, on sale now. The paper featured all the biggest stars, Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross, James Brown. I got soul, and I'm super bad. No, I don't. No, I really don't. (laughs) She does. But about 10 years ago, her life hit a sour note. Jones injured her back in a car crash. It just stopped me. She developed severe anxiety and couldn't get back on the road. I just stopped doing things. I was also in a depression, a horrible depression. It was a very low time for a while. 
Jones lives in central Los Angeles, a place well-served by public transportation, but her physical limitations make transit challenging. It's hard to walk to the bus stop, and when she gets there... Places to sit down while you're waiting? That's major. She also has access to two paratransit services run by the city and the county, which provide door-to-door rides for seniors and others with disabilities. I'm so grateful it exists. Let me be real. But as she healed and wanted to do more, these services weren't cutting it. Rides have to be scheduled by phone at least a day in advance. Thank you for calling Access Paratransit Southern Service Area. Please stay on the line for the next available agent. Pickups can only be scheduled within a one-hour window, like the cable guy. Rides are shared, so you never know how long it will take to get where you're going. All not okay for a super bad senior on the move like Jones. Still, she says, it's not as bad as asking for rides from family. Often they kidnap you after whatever they've agreed to take you to. And then they say, oh, I want to stop here for just a minute. So Jones has found an easier way to get around. We'll have a car in two minutes. Today she's heading to physical therapy using her favorite smartphone app. It's freedom for me. I just call Lyft freedom. But freedom comes at a high price. She spends more than $300 a month on rides, something she could never afford if she had to cover the high cost of living on her own. Several years ago, her daughter and son-in-law moved back into the family home to help pay the bills. It's a compromise she's more than willing to make to at least feel like she's back in the driver's seat again. You need to get over uh, a lane to the right. If I know my way, I do backseat drive a little bit. (laughs) For the California Report, I'm Megan McCarty Carino in Los Angeles. You're listening to the California Report magazine. Today, we're bringing you profiles of six seniors from around the state. It's part of a special series called Graying California. And you can find all the stories and photos of these seniors at grayingcalifornia.org. We know there are so many of you who have important seniors in your life, and we want to hear about them. With Father's Day coming up on June 16th, we want to know... What sound reminds you of your grandfather or your dad? A California report. I'm Jennifer Wong, and the sound that reminds me of my father is the sound of an impact wrench immediately followed by the sound of an air compressor, which sounds something like this. My father is a mechanic, and he used to work on cars over the weekend. Call us at 415-830-6580 and leave a message telling us a little bit about the sound that reminds you of your dad or your grandpa. That's 415-830-6580. And don't worry if you can't recreate the sound on the phone like Jennifer did. Just tell us about it. We might play it on our Father's Day show. As we explore aging in the Golden State, we can't forget California farmers are getting older, too. According to the latest census from the USDA, the average age of farmers in the state has climbed to 59. As they age out of the fields, these farmers face big decisions about whether to sell the farm, pass it on to their kids, or figure out something else. Capital Public Radio's Julia Mitrich takes us to rural Nevada County to meet a farming couple who grappled with these questions. River Hill Farm is nestled below a steep ridge in the Sierra Nevada foothills. I internalized this whole place. 
Alan Haight knows his farm by heart, even with his eyes closed. I know every change in the pitch of the, the ground. I know where the best soil is. I know where the outcroppings are. I know where the buried rocks are that are too big to move that I avoid hitting with the tractor. Alan and his wife, Joe McProud, came to farming as a second career in their 40s. Together, they built up a business selling organic vegetables, lettuce, and fruit to folks in Nevada City. And the hard work was worth it to them. The watering, the constant weeding, the sweaty summer harvest. But Joe says it took its toll. Pushing through those hard times was doable through our 50s. And then as we got into our 60s, just the lack of sleep, the physical stress on our joints. You're not as resilient. Physically, we're getting older. The couple wanted the farm to continue beyond them. They also needed to draw an income for retirement. So they started scoping out the regional farming scene for a younger successor. They found Antonio Garza. I was looking for a long-term opportunity. I'd been farming for, I think it was seven years at that point. Antonio and his partner, Dalen Wade, crouch in the field, picking broccoli Rob and its lesser-known cousin. What is it again? The Spigariello. Spigariello? Spigariello Rob. Spigariello is, uh, is also a leaf broccoli, and it's also starting to flower. The Spigariello will go on pizzas at a local restaurant. As Antonio took the reins as farmer, he inherited local customers and clients that took Alan and Joe years to cultivate. As part of a two-year lease, he has use of the land and equipment. In return, he pays the retired couple rent each month. They all expect this to grow into a longer-term relationship. It's our baby and our passion and our life. And if we were here watching it wither and die, it would be really heartbreaking. It would be terrible. Instead, the farm succession's rolling along smoothly. Joe and Alan live on at their house, overlooking fields and orchards. I have to say, you know, it's an icy, snowy morning and looking out and seeing Antonio and Dalen out doing the harvesting the Brussels sprouts this morning, I was pretty happy with my cup of coffee in the house. (laughs) There are other perks to retirement. Alan and Joe get to spend time with their first grandchild. Alan's planning five backpacking adventures this summer. And the couple's going on a bunch of road trips. They'll cherish time spent together not talking about the farm. For The California Report, I'm Julia Mitrich in Sacramento. Not all California seniors can afford to retire. More and more Californians are working past the age of 65. In fact, 20% of California seniors are still in the labor force. But the seniors who need a job the most often have the hardest time finding one. KPCC's David Wagner brings us a profile now of one woman who's determined to get a job no matter what. 71-year-old Emma Allen has the kind of warm smile you need to be a good receptionist. I'm the first one that they see when they come in the door, and uh, whatever they need help with, I know where to direct them to. Here at this senior center in South Los Angeles, she greets people at the front desk. She answers the phone. 
Good morning, people coordinated services. This is Emma. How may I direct your call? The caller wants to know what's on for lunch. On the menu today, they have orange juice, turkey tarragon stew, biscuits, vegetables. But it's pretty clear lunch isn't why he called. He just wanted to say hi to Emma. I've been fine. How about yourself? Well, then you're doing good then. (laughs) Yes, you are. Emma is filling this role as part of a job training program for low-income seniors through the city of L.A. She's been here more than four years and says the people are now like family. You come in sometime, you're not feeling well, but then the first person through the door will have a big smile on their face and good morning, Emma, and that whole gloom just goes away. This program is supposed to help seniors find jobs, but it's not supposed to become a permanent job. Emma has to leave the program in May. It's very rewarding. I'm going to miss it. She needs a new job, she says, because Social Security isn't enough to live on. Like many seniors, she has no savings. They were eaten up by medical bills toward the end of her husband's life. That's it. I I don't have a choice. I need the income. Working is nothing new for Emma. She's been a probation officer, a special education teacher's aide. She's worked at a meatpacking plant. Now she's open to pretty much anything. And I guess I'm a people person. Anything to do with people. To stay in this training program, Emma has had to constantly be looking for a job. She's documented her search in this thick manila folder. Every place she's applied to has its own entry. I went to J.C. Penney's, I went to Big Lots, I went to Green. Her kids help out with the online applications, but so far, no luck. I went to Jack in the Box, Target. No one has ever outright told her she's too old, but Emma thinks that's part of why she's not getting hired. I could feel it, you could tell. Half the time, they don't even look at the application. I haven't filled one out, they just look at me. You know, to see that I'm older. And uh, I guess they figure I can't keep up or whatever. Looking at all these places that you've applied, looking at all this paperwork, how does it make you feel? Tired. (laughs) Tired because out of all this somewhere, that should have been something. I'm running out of places. Uh, I don't know where else to go. If she doesn't find a job, she'll have to move in with one of her kids. But she doesn't want to be a burden. And she wants to keep working. It's a part of making me feel that I'm worth something. I'm contributing something. I'm not just sitting on my hands waiting for somebody to give me something. Maybe something put down the line, somebody might see that. For the California Report, I'm David Wagner in Los Angeles. So Emma Allen is trying really hard to make sure she doesn't have to move in with one of her kids. But a lot of people in California, in fact, a quarter of households in the state, care for elderly family members. And by 2030, one out of five Californians will be a senior. Experts say there may not be enough caregivers to help. This next story is about a senior in Los Angeles whose daughter takes care of him. It's an unusual story because she didn't grow up with her dad. He migrated to the U.S. from Mexico, and the family stayed behind in Tijuana. It wasn't until his daughter was an adult and came to the U.S. herself that she began to get to know her dad. As Cal Matters' Elizabeth Aguilera tells us, she never expected to be the one caring for him. Francisco Rios holds onto the dining room table and slowly starts to move his feet. The 91-year-old used to be a competitive ballroom dancer. I put on music because to remember is to live, he says. Like Glenn Miller, blues, tango, and all that I used to dance. And I'm happy, even if I'm just laying down. Francisco has lived with his daughter, Cristina Hernandez, in Pomona for 15 years. When he first moved in, he was still fairly independent. 
He took care of the garden and walked his grandkids to school. He even went dancing regularly with a young neighbor who was a salsa dance instructor. She told people he was her grandfather. Now, age and illness have caught up to him. He has diabetes, a pacemaker, high blood pressure, and glaucoma. I became his legal guardian. I uh, arranged the paperwork, like power of attorney, the DNR, since I'm the one that did him with the doctor, and that's why it began. Christina says caregiving is a tough, round-the-clock job. In early winter, Francisco was admitted to the hospital for a week, so Christina slept there too. There was a situation that I just ended up in the bathroom of his room crying. I feel like, okay, I have to take the right decisions. We have to choose the right treatments. You feel like his life depends on you. Becoming a caretaker has impacted every part of her life. At the beginning, I was able to, okay, you're good. I'm going to go with my girlfriends to get some coffee. And I was able to do that. Uh, Nowadays, I don't have no social life. She's cut back her hours as a cashier at Target. The state pays her minimum wage for about 22 hours of care a week. So the family depends on her husband's job and health insurance to get by. Today, like every day, she makes her dad his favorite snack, a taco. Francisco says, she helps me with everything. She helps me bathe because I can't. I tell her, Christina, I'm an invalid. And she says, no, you're not. When he's feeling bad, Christina reassures him that he is needed. These days, his chores include watching over the guinea pigs and the dogs. He says when Christina comes from work, he gets up. He feels more secure that way. Taking care of her father isn't something Christina ever imagined. I didn't grow up with him. I didn't have a relationship. So it was kind of like a surprise for me. It took me a little bit of time to get used to that situation, having him living with me. She calls him Paco instead of dad. But over time, they've gotten to know each other. And now neither of them would have it any other way. I see myself taking care of him till I can. I have think about it, you know, like what if he get older? Let's say hopefully he make it to the hundred. For the California Report, I'm Elizabeth Aguilera in Los Angeles. We want to hear your ideas about how seniors are faring in the Golden State. KQED's Call-In Show Forum is hosting a statewide conversation about seniors and the California dream. They're going to be broadcasting a special live call-in show from the Whistle Stop Active Aging Center in Marin County. That's on Tuesday, June 11th from 9 to 11 in the morning. In the first hour, California listeners will be invited to share questions and experiences about helping seniors stay in their homes and communities. In the second hour, the focus is going to be on the growing number of Californians working after the age of 65. The forum show is going to explore what an aging workforce means for the state. So tune in Tuesday, June 11th for a special statewide forum show. You can find it online at kqed.org forum.
And that's the California Report magazine. We're your weekend storytelling show from the California Report. This episode has been a collaboration with the Graying California Project. It's part of a statewide effort to look at the state of the California dream. The collaboration includes Cal Matters, KPBS, KPCC, Capital Public Radio, and KQED, where we produce the California Report. The California Dream series is edited by Adrian Hill. You can find all of the stories and much more about seniors in the Golden State at grayingcalifornia.org. You can also listen to past episodes of the California Report magazine if you subscribe to our podcast. Just look for the bear wearing earbuds. Susie Racho is our director. Our technical producer is Seal Muller, and we had additional engineering from Rob Spate and Katie McMurrin. Our senior editor is Victoria Mauleon. This week's show editor is Olivia Allen Price. The California Report's editorial team also includes Asala Sanapur, David Marks, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Sasha Koka. Thanks so much for listening. This is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. College Futures Foundation, more graduates for a thriving California. Learn more at collegefutures.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.